0: You know, we've, we've often said this, that the ultimate aim of our Christian pilgrimage is to glorify God. And we glorify God by being conformed to the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And ultimately, the how-to, if you will, of this spiritual end of bringing glory to God, uh, desiring to be conformed. And if you, if you don't have a desire to be changed, for you to have a Christ-like spirit, amen, to live holy, amen, to have every area of your life conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're not right with God, amen. I believe this is a, a universal a burden, amen, God-inspired burden that all genuine Christians have, and they foster, they cultivate that, amen, they want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. But the how-to, if you will to this spiritual end is exclusively communicated in the scriptures. Every page, amen, every passage, every, every verse provides relevant illumination to the hungry and the sensitive soul, amen, as the psalmist says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. Under my path, amen. You know, simpletons will turn the light off because they really don't want to hear what God has to say. And any time that you're challenged or you're confronted by the truth of the Scripture and you reject it, You turn the lamp off, amen? And uh, listen to me, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen next week or next month or next year, but God does, and oftentimes, or rather all the time, when he is speaking to us via his word, he is seeking to prepare us, to ready us, amen, to mold us and shape us into the vessel that he's called us to be, amen? So that word is so so very. Very, very important. He speaks to us through his word. You know, many times in early morning prayer, we're reading through the Bible and um, you get into Numbers and Chronicles and, uh, you know, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and, and sometimes you wish you were in Ephesians. Amen. But, you know, God speaks to us all the time through his word and i can't tell you how many times god has has taken an obscure passage and and spoken to me in fact uh, what we'll be preaching our primary text here this morning, this is one of those occasions where God took something that didn't really directly address the situation at hand and began to deal with me and speak with me, amen? The scriptures, rich in counsel, infinite in wisdom and inexhaustible for instruction, they're always timely, they're always applicable and open to those who believe. But likewise, they're always obscured and hidden from the carnal and the unbelieving. Indeed the the key to hearing amen the voice of God via the scripture is not contingent upon the physical ear but rather upon a teachable Heart. Amen. If you are self-willed in any way, if you are carnal or rebellious, then you can sit under the preaching of the word of the Lord by the most consecrated and the most holy of men. Amen. And it will do you very little good at all. You must want to be changed. You must want when you're confronted and challenged and crossed. God sent you here to cross those things that he wants. Wants to address in your life where you need to be conformed to Jesus and have a Christ like spirit. If you're not willing for that to happen, then the Bible becomes a closed book to you. If we desire godly correction, if we're willing to be challenged and then conformed to the light that we hear, then God is always speaking to us through his word. Amen. Even sometimes, uh, as I mentioned uh, through passages that might might not directly uh, address the situations that we face i can remember a pastor an associate pastor that uh, that served in our church uh, one time he he was communicating uh, how the scriptures possess the power amen to to grant infinite truth and to communicate god's mind over and over from every possible uh, situation and circumstance. And he used the analogy of a river. He said if you go out to the Mississippi River and stand on the banks on a Monday and you gaze out over that river, you're you're watching that river, amen, and the next day you can go out to that same place, the exact same spot, and you look out over the Mississippi River. He said it's the same river, but it's different water, different water. Amen, that water that passed before you yesterday, amen, way on down the road there. But that's a different way. said, That's how the Bible is. You can read over passages of the Scripture. And one day it speaks to you along this line. It's always the truth. Amen. And that truth is always, amen, uh, infinite and uh, immutable. But He will speak to us, amen, by and by. If we will allow Him, then the Interpreter of the Holy Ghost will reveal, will behold, will hear marvelous and wonderful things out of the law of God. Amen. When God has a point to emphasize. He rallies every word, every situation to align the spiritual theme at hand. I can remember in 1998, and uh, I was working at the plant, and and uh, God was dealing with me to to quit my job, which really didn't make any sense at all in the natural. And uh, we went to to Beaumont to the Pastors' Conference, and. Everything he preached, I even mean, God was telling me to quit my job, and I would I would go to Charlie or Bob after. I mean, did you hear that? I I've got to quit my job. He's he's preaching about repentance. He, he he's preaching on evangelism. He he's preaching. They they weren't hearing what I was hearing, but the Holy Ghost, even because that was the relevant situation for me at the time. God was using. He was rallying everything to speak to me His Word. So as of late. Amen. God has been revealing to us here at Consuming Fire Fellowship our need for revival, for a tangible move of the Holy Ghost as well as the vital spiritual prerequisite to those things which is believing prayer. Every one of us have an obligation to pray. He's been warning the prayerless. He's been seeking to rekindle devotional fires, to eradicate spiritual neglect. Amen. He is talking to us. And here today is going to continue along those same lines, speaking through of all things an Old Testament civil code. And we'll be reading here Deuteronomy chapter 22, starting in verse 23. (coughs) If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of that city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. Now the question arises when you read this: Why? The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. Now I want to this is going to be the primary text here this morning. But I'd like to supplement this with James chapter 4. And I told you last week that we would uh, preach along these lines. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And finally, turn over to Psalms 34 and 17. Psalms 34 and 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. This morning, may the Spirit of God draw us to the blessed altar of supplication with the sobering thought, prayer, the holy damsels cry, prayer, the holy damsels cry. Father, I do need you, Lord. We do need you. We need, Lord, a word from heaven. Father, I'm asking for your anointing. Touch our hearts, Lord. Draw us. Spark faith within the soul of this church, Father. Besides that we can see, I need. Father, I pray that you would strengthen, stir, convict by your word, Father. I ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Before we delve too deeply here, just in the analysis of the passage at hand, and though our text, it is addressing... Jewish civil law, but, you know, as many Old Testament passages do, it also provides us with a spiritual application as well, and I trust you can already see the direction that the Holy Ghost is going to go with us here this morning. The virgin damsel betrothed and under covenant, amen, she represents you and I, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are a chaste virgin. Amen. Patiently keeping ourselves for the marriage supper of the lamb. And we are the object that the devil would love to defile both independently or rather individually and corporately. The city represents the kingdom where we're in close proximity with the redeemer. Amen. We're part of the kingdom. Amen. And there are benefits. There are promises associated with being part of that company of the elect, that company of the redeemed, amen, where every promise is yea and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. The man seeking to unlawfully lie with or to defile the rapist, amen, obviously is symbolic of the devil. As the scriptures warn in First Peter 5 and 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may de- devour. Amen. And as our thought suggests, the damsel's cry is the perfect type of heartfelt, God-acceptable, believing prayer. Amen. As the psalmist declares in Psalms eighteen and six. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. So with these basics, these fundamental things in mind, let's consider the spiritual lessons that are found here in our text. First of all, notice the ability to cry establishes the more responsibility to cry amen did you hear amen you know responsibility is just a a compound word a the ability to respond amen so the ability to cry establishes the more responsibility to cry why was the damsel stoned amen in the law here because she cried not being in the city. Notice the damsel's culpability is directly linked to her duty to cry out, amen? so when we consider here in the natural, we're talking about rape. And rape, unlike murder, demands resistance. What are you you talking about, preacher? Well, a woman could be passively, amen, and righteously murdered, amen? But if she's raped, she must resist to remain guiltless. Do you understand, amen? That in this Old Testament civil code, it justly assumed that culpability, even because resistance, even as it would today, it's self-evident. No pure. No healthy young virgin would need to be pressured or even instructed to cry out for help under the threat of defilement. Amen. It's something that, uh, even we would almost take for granted. Amen. She's able to cry out. So certainly under that type of threat, she would. Are you listening to me? Amen. She's holy. Amen. She's healthy. There's no reason why she wouldn't cry out for help. So even under duress, Yes, and especially so the damsel was held morally accountable to resist and crying was basically expected it was considered just the natural response of a of a, a virgin damsel under the threat of rape. So the conclusion was reasonable, and the conclusion was logical. Only a woman of scandalous character or physically incapacitated would allow herself to be quietly raped. Amen? And I can tell you in the spirit, listen to me, when people are not praying, and people are not seeking God, something's amiss in that heart. There's lots of people I've seen sit right here, Amen. week after week, prayer meeting after prayer meeting. They refuse to the cry to God. Listen to me, I can tell you something's wrong in their spirit. They're either spiritually sick and unaware, or listen to me, their heart is so attached to the world, they've lost the ability to even understand they're in trouble. Something's wrong in that spirit. When I was young, I used to watch... Uh, mutual of omaha's wild kingdom you ever, you ever seen that on and uh would always show the you know the the tigers and the uh the lions and, and that was the thing that we wanted to watch you know they were out there hunting and what have you and uh, i can remember the lions you know they ne- they never they never went in the middle of the water bo- water buffalo herd and took the biggest strongest even water buffalo and they didn't get right up in the mix. In fact, I remember seeing one time, it might not have been on, uh, Mutual of Omaha, but, uh, I saw a video one time where somehow some lion got in the middle of some water buffalo and you, you can think of water buffaloes helpless with lion. They, they, they'd toss that lion around like he was a rag doll. Amen. And, uh, so they, they never did go in the middle of the herd and get the strongest. They got the stragglers. They got those that were sickly. Amen. They got those that were out on the edge, Amen. They they got those that you know that weren't really in the pack or really in the midst, right up in the middle of the herd. No, they got those that were out on the peripheral. And so listen to me, when someone who claims to be in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen, and the devil is breathing down their neck, and you can't even get them to cry to God, something's amiss in their spirit something's wrong. It's just natural for a Christian to cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, well, you know, I'm not in that much trouble. That just shows you're already blind. That shows you got problems. Because without Jesus, listen to me, the devil is always going to be an issue. He's seeking every one of them. He's trying to defile you and me every single day. Thus, according to Scripture, God considered a what God... This is not American civil law. Amen. This is biblical civil law. According to scripture, God considered a woman who refused to cry complicit in her own defilement. Amen. You see, God expects you to pray. And the mentality in the modern church is a lot like, you know, if you told people, well, if a woman is raped and she doesn't cry out, well, you just go ahead and stone both of them. And then listen to me, that's what God said about it, because that's how God views it. When we make that application in the Spirit, listen to me, if you don't seek God, if you don't cry out, if you're not pressing in, then you're guilty. You are complicit in your own defilement. and God God's not looking at you, amen, with pity, unless you're willing to resist. If you're not willing to resist, then you're in sin. And there's only one way to resist, as we're gonna see. You've got to cry out. You don't cry out, then you're basically cooperating with the rapist. See, listen to me, the evil one. Uh, Satan is always pursuing Every real Christian attempting to force himself on us. Amen. First Peter 5, 8 and 9, as we read, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And the next phrase is, whom resist, this is the command, steadfast in the faith. So that brings up our next point, which is basically a question. How then are we to fulfill this command to resist? Amen. The damsel was stoned. She was uh, uh, held accountable because she cried not. So do you see it? Notice, crying out is the primary means of resistance. And I, I didn't want to take this typology to an absolute because I could have said it's the only way. But I don't really believe that. But it is definitely, definitely the primary way. If you're a prayerless person, you're not resisting the devil. If you're a prayerless person, you're not resisting the devil. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're not praying, you're not crying out, you're not resisting. See, there was no gender confusion for Israel under God's law. A woman clearly understood was clearly understood as the Uyghur vessel. She wasn't expected to successfully thwart a male attacker alone. Of course, it, you know, goes without saying, everyone would suppose that any virgin damsel would practice, you know, reasonable preventatives. Certainly, she would avoid dark alleys where the unsavory abide and mischief was known to occur. Amen. And so, you know, that, that's something that if we, if we think about that, the application in the spirit, we are to flee temptation. That's a preventative. And there's, and there's, you know, really a multitude and just an infinite, uh, uh, number of practical applications. Amen. You know, when you first get born again, you you've got to separate sometime. Or, or rather, you know, you know you have to separate from old friends and acquaintances. There's places that you cannot go. There's jobs that you cannot do. Amen. You, you, you can't listen to the same type music. You can't subject yourself to the sights and the sounds of the world. Amen. You, you don't, uh, you begin to learn. You, you go into Walmart. Amen. That's the ladies' Department over here, amen, I'm going to walk way around here so I don't have to walk, amen, by the undergarment section, amen, I don't want to go by the magazine rack, amen, because I don't want to see some of that, the internet, that's a preventative, if I can't handle, amen, the internet, then I need to cut it off, let me tell you if you're handling the internet not. If it caused you to sin last week, you need to turn it off. You understand that listen to me. This is the Holy Ghost because I've said this over and over, but I can tell you what, listen to me. That internet, that makes your TV look like nothing. It's not that it's unlawful, but if it's causing you to sin, if you are looking at things you shouldn't look at, then you need to cut it off. That's a preventative. Amen? So, obviously, any young woman was, you know, dark alleys. You don't go down there. That's a a bad area of town. If a man attempted to force himself upon a damsel, everyone expected her to physically contest the advance rather than be passive. Amen? Do you understand? I mean, you, you, you would expect a woman who is being, you know, threatened with rape, you know, just to lay down still, uh, you know, uh, just allow uh, the rapist uh, to rape her without a struggle. Somebody say amen. And so likewise, in the spirit, I mean, God expects us not to cooperate with the enemy. Yes, we need to cast down imaginations. We need to stir ourselves and when you're sitting here in a prayer meeting and you don't really feel like praying, you might have to get up and pace to keep from going to sleep. And when you get tired and weary, you're going to have to discipline yourself. And I could bring up thousands and thousands of applications there. There may be a place that you're at that you have to remove yourself from. Joseph had to flee Potiphar's wife's presence. And somebody say amen. Now listen though, but the law, yea God himself clearly implied that a woman, even observing every preventative, refusing to cooperate with every, uh, refusing to cooperate with every evil intention apart from outside help would never be able to overcome her attacker. I hope you're listening. Amen. All the preventatives. Amen. You need to do those things. Amen. You need to separate yourself. You need to, and listen to me, most people that don't cry out, they're not practicing that either because they become so dull of hearing and blind. They're in the twilight. Amen. So they don't really practice a lot of that anyway. But you can separate yourself. Amen. You can practice all of these spiritual preventatives but listen to me without the help of Jesus Christ unless you cry out unless you're praying unless you're walking with Jesus you're not going to be able to live in victory no no the key is that relationship apart from outside bill you'll not be able to overcome the attacker amen she was never the law is clear she was never expected to escape alone. Her only recourse, yea her moral responsibility to avoid defilement was to Cry out. Amen. And when I read that the words of the Lord Jesus Christ came to mind. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. They thought that they would stand. Amen. They thought, listen to me, there was an arrogance, there was a pride, there was a haughtiness because they slept through the prayer meeting. Do you understand? They thought they were fine. They thought they would make it. They thought they would pass the test, but they were not ready because they would not watch and pray. The enemy is always seeking our demise. The warfare is constant. The battle rages, amen. Every one of us Always there's potential trouble without Jesus. Yes, we're to walk wisely. We're to avoid temptation. We must guard our hearts. We must take oversight over our thought life. We must oppose every demonic suggestion to relax or to take our ease, but we can do every bit of that and still be guilty of not resisting the enemy if we refuse to cry out because the primary means of resistance is prayer. James chapter 4, submit yourselves, therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Listen, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Resistance is to draw nigh Resistance is to separate yourself from him and cast yourself upon God. You see, if we're not crying out, if we're not crying out in heartfelt, genuine prayer, then we're not resisting but cooperating with our own defilement, amen? You see, so many people in the church in this hour, They assume that prayer is optional. That's the, that's the kind of impression you get when you discuss these things with people. I know that nobody here or no one here would have an excuse to think that because it's not preached like that. But I still believe amongst us, amen, I believe people tend to think about prayer this way. Amen. That it is a supplement to grace instead of the venue of grace to overcome. You're not not going to live an overcoming life without a living, intimate, abiding relationship with Jesus that is expressed through prayer. You say, well, I'm close to Jesus, but I don't pray that much. You are deceived. You're deceived. You're deceived. My experience has been, I've I've been serving God for this long, preacher, and I don't pray through every day. I don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, but I, I don't have, unfortunately, a prayer like that, but I'm just as close to Jesus as anyone else. You are deceived. You're deceived. Yes, you are. You're not crying out. There's not genuine prayer. And, and listen to me, the city, think about a city. What it, Because she was in the city, okay, in the natural, the city is talking about proximity. In the city, we're all close together. You see, we, we all live in a rural area out here. And what, what, what is it about a rural area? We're not that close together. Geographically, you understand? But in the spirit, listen to me, the application is this, relationship. And when we live in the city, in the kingdom, then we're close to the Redeemer. We're not ever very far away from the Redeemer. We're not ever, you know, distant. We, we're familiar with Jesus, the Savior, the deliverer, the Redeemer. Amen. You see, listen to me. If we're not crying out, even if we're not seeking God, if we're not walking, cl- it's impossible to walk closely with the Lord Jesus Christ without communion, communion and communication. Amen. This is self-evident even in horizontal relationships. Oh, I love my wife. We have a great marriage. When's the last time you talked to her? Hadn't talked to her in six months. You know I'm a liar. Right? Hey, who's that? That's my son. Oh, we he just, he's my favorite. He and I just have such a close relationship. Well, it was the last time you had an hour conversation? Oh, I've never talked to him that long. I'm a liar. You know it, right? He said, listen to me, it's impossible to walk closely with the Lord Jesus Christ without communion without giving and taking, amen, et cetera, and so forth. And, and, and this is the thought. I, I think people unconsciously believe that they, well, I'm born again, and I, and, I, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, you know, I've got a job, and I believe my job is for will of God, and I'm in the way I'm married, and I've got a family, and all that's the will of God. And I, I've got a good church that I attend, and I'm just going to, you know, day by day, you know, I, I if I pray, I do, but uh, if I don't, I don't. Uh, you know, but it, it's really not that consequential. I know the preacher says it is, but I, I don't really think it's that really. The, I'm doing fine. Hey man, I just go to my job and I show up for church. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, I know I need to be stirred to pray, but you know, not am good. All right. That's what people think. That's deception. That's what that is. It's deception. Andrew Murray said this. Many Christians backslide. He lived a long time ago. They're backsliding back then too. They're unable to stand against the temptations of the world or their old nature. They strive to do their best to fight against sin and to serve God, but they have no strength. They have never really grasped the secret. The Lord Jesus will every day from heaven continue his work in me, but only on one condition. The soul must give him time each day to impart his love and his grace. Time alone with the Lord Jesus each day is the indispensable condition of spiritual growth and spiritual power. Amen. See, I'm not the only one that's legalistic about prayer. Mr. Murray believes like I do. Amen. But someone says, well... Preacher, you preaching, you're, you're making prayer then, salvation, amen? No, no, not at all. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a man get born again? Have you ever talked to a man that got born again who said, I didn't pray about it? Not a one. You can't get born again without talking to God about it. Have you ever met a man or talked to a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost and he didn't pray and ask? You've never met one because there isn't one. Amen. He had to pray. He had to ask. Amen. Have you ever met anyone at all, anywhere that's been delivered or set free from anything that didn't pray directly about that? Amen. Do you understand? You've got to talk to God. Talking to God is a manifestation of faith. If you don't talk to God, you don't have faith. That's a fact. Amen. Make no mistake. Faith believes. Faith draws nigh. Faith asserts. Faith asks. And true faith manifests itself through prayer. For with the heart it says in Romans chapter 10, Amen. Man believeth under righteousness, and with the mouth confession is... Man. How do I know that a man believes something in his heart? It's going to be confession is important to God. For the Scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Amen. Again, as Mr. Murray once said... Faith in a prayer-hearing God will make a prayer-loving Christian. The reason we don't pray is because we don't believe God answers prayer. Amen. You see, the damsel had to believe. She's in the city. She's under covenant. Amen. She's in close proximity. Amen. She's got to believe, if I cry out, I'm going to be heard. Amen. A Savior is going to intervene. Also, this ought to be fun. Consider that crying out demands fervent, audible prayer. I can just see the damsel. In front of that crowd, all of them holding stones. Did you cry out? Yes, silently. I knelt down when he attacked me. And I silently cried out. She got herself stoned. Crying out demands audible, fervent. The very term cry implies passionate, audible prayer. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. And this is all over the Bible. I mean all over the Psalms. All over the scriptures, amen, I cried unto God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. And that word in the Hebrew, it is a verb. In other words, it is an action word. It means to call out or to shriek. It is definitely audible. Silence, listen to me, silence does not qualify as crying out or calling out. It was assumed, listen to me, under the real threat of rape, any pure and holy woman, conscious and cognizant, would offer the most intense petition for help. The lack of intensity or the void of desperation would cast a shadow on the authenticity of the plea. And it was intensity, listen to me, that they were looking at, not eloquence. Eloquence wasn't part of the question how did you think i sound crying out for help compared to that other damsel down the street that was getting raped they didn't worry about eloquence it was intensity amen and there's something listen to me about the cry of a woman who's in danger and if you've ever heard a woman screaming for help Amen. I you may not have been in that situation literally, but even uh, you know if you've if you've watched uh, uh you know on TV or something and heard amen a woman crying for help who's in danger, it always provokes a response from the would-be deliver. Amen. When that weakness is communicated, amen. And I believe when you're a man and you hear a woman crying for help, amen, it's just natural to respond to that. That, that weakness, that helplessness, that pleading, amen, is, is heard through that cry. It's something intrinsic to the cry itself. And when we look in the Bible, God's always responding to his people that cry to him. You remember Bartimaeus? Amen. Uh, he heard that Jesus was coming, and he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And many charged him to hold his peace, but he cried even he out the more. And the Bible said, Jesus Stood still. That means as he passed by, when he heard that man crying out and then he stopped dead in his tracks and turned around and said, you. Come here. He was attentive to that cry. Now, someone might say, well, you know, in the natural, in the law, and of course a damsel would have to audibly cry out because we're dealing with men here. And men cannot read thoughts. I agree. But God could have read Bartimaeus' thoughts. But he only stood still. When he cried out. Amen. He only stood still when he cried out. Amen. You see that word cry out in the Greek. That is a verb. It's an action word. It means to scream aloud. Now I'm not suggesting that God can't honor a silent prayer. But rather that the silent prayer is generally inconsistent with the spirit of desperation. Oh yes. I believe we can pray. Something I believe that's in the Bible. You understand? But it's a general rule. When you see people who just you can't hear them praying, and that's their practice, something is way out of line. They don't really know how to pray. That's why people do that. Amen. They don't really know I'm not saying sure there can be a time, even where someone doesn't. You can't hear anything. They're, they're, they're listening. God's speaking to them. That's true. I'm not saying that God won't honor a silent prayer. But I'm just here to tell you, when you look in the scripture, the balance is audible prayer. Mr. Wigglesworth said, I find people everywhere who fail. Even when they're praying. Simply because they're breathing sentences without uttering speech. And you can never get the victory that way. Amen. You see, listen to me. I don't care. Can you explain that to me, brother Britt? That God wants me. You know, I I don't know how loud that is. I I don't believe we can define all that. I just believe it means you have got to direct your prayer consciously unto God. Amen. And it is going to be audible. It's going to be something you're not ashamed of. You're not worrying about what you sound like or what someone else sounds like. If you've got that spirit, you'll never ever pray through. Moreover, I believe crying out implies content worthy, content worthy prayers. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. I believe I could cry out to God to give me a Learjet from here, Amen, to twenty fifty, Amen. God's not going to hear that; He's not going to answer, no matter how loud I get, Amen. Because it's not the will of God for me to have a Learjet. Do you understand? It has to be according to the will of God. But you know, I hear people say all the time that struggle with prayer. I've heard many people say it right here in this church, in this little holiness church, where people will bear their soul, usually when they're in trouble. They don't say it out. They're not going to say it unless even the pressure forces. But they inwardly believe this. But they'll say, "I prayed a lot, but God didn't answer me." You're a liar. You're a liar. Have you ever considered maybe? Tell you no. A lot of times when you don't get a. A yes, that's what you want. All you'll hear is a yes. You're like the atheists who don't want to hear four. God's telling you no, but you won't listen. The very thought that you could pray and that God would answer, it is demonic. And it's sinful. And you deserve to be stoned to death for the thought. You need to cry out. Amen. That accusation of the end, that's the rapist defiling you. Amen. That's what that is. Crying out demands pathos to express, effort to offer. True prayer is going to require more than you, more from you than just casually sitting through an hour, amen, at the church. No, no. As Evelyn Underhill wrote, those who complain that they make no progress in the life of prayer because they cannot meditate should examine not their capacity for meditation, but their capacity for suffering and love. For there is a hard and costly element, a deep seriousness, a crucial choice, an all-genuine religion. Amen to that. That is the truth. And true prayer gains God's attention, not so much because it's contrived to do so, but because it genuinely flows from a humble and a needy heart. And God always gives grace to the lowly. Amen. And that brings us here to our final point. There was absolutely no mercy for the non-resistant. I didn't write this. God wrote it. Then ye shall bring them both out into the gate of that city. And ye shall stone them with stones that they die. Think we can have a two-week Crying Out Conference first. But was the latest book on Crying Out? Can I read that first? It was considered, you're a woman. You're in covenant. You're a virgin. You want purity. You didn't cry out. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong. Something's deeply wrong with you. He just stoned them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife, so that thou shalt put away evil from among you. It's evil not to cry out. God considers it sinful, evil, basically to be complicit with the enemy, to align yourself, to sympathize with, Amen, with the enemy. Notice the law rightfully so, absolutely asserted, because it was the city, if the damsel cried, then she would be heard, and she would be delivered. Amen. The, the law presupposes that. In other words, if there's a rape, amen, then she didn't cry out, and you stone her. Because if she'd have cried out, she'd have got delivered. I cry. I pray all the time, and God didn't answer. No, you. Don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you truly cry to God, he's going to hear you and he's going to answer. Psalm 77, and I could quote a hundred scriptures here. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Psalms 121, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. You see, as defeat always indicates prayerlessness. Defeat always indicates prayerlessness. Just as evident victory always confirms overcoming prayer. Revival. Pentecost. We heard them speaking with other tongues. It's always absolutely... Amen. A confirmation. Defeat, prayerlessness. Amen. Victory, there's prayer. Under the old covenant, we read it everywhere. We read it the other day in Chronicles, as the Levites were repenting, in, in, or not in Chronicles, in Nehemiah. And they were repenting, and they were basically cataloging Israel's history. And they said, every time we turned and cried "Under you, you heard us. You delivered us from our enemies. It was only as they, uh, you know, refused to cry out and fell back into bondage that they came under judgment. Every time they cried out, God heard them. Every time. Under the old covenant. Amen. When they cry, they're in Egyptian bondage. I heard their cry. He raised up a deliverer. It is all over the Bible. Amen. You see, uh, listen to me. If someone came in here, uh, today and said, brother Brett, we've got a problem. Last week, my daughter was raped back there in the nursery behind the curtains. We'd all look at one another and say, well, huh? are you sure? Seems like we would have heard something. Seems like a young lady would have cried out. Hey, And that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for her to be raised right, right there. And nobody heard that. You see, listen to me. Today, there's a victim mentality that prevails. It prevails in our culture, amen, but it's rubbed off even in the most conservative Pentecostal churches, amen. That victim idea, people always offering the words, amen. If you're not telling someone, they're consciously believing, the devil is fighting me. Yeah, so what? The devil's fighting me too. The devil's fighting Jesus. The devil fought every single individual that's ever been born again. But if you don't have the victory, friend, amen, you're not fighting. You're succumbing. People, at least say that like it's an excuse. Listen, that draws absolutely no sympathy from God at all. Unless you're crying out. And if you cry out, he's going to deliver you. He's going to set you free. Amen. Because crying out is resisting. See, if you're not resisting, then you're cooperating with sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You are complicit in your own defilement. See, stones in hand, the only thing that Jewish court wanted to know was this. Now, that's the law. You read it with me. And if you, if you were a Jewish lawyer, I know they didn't have necessarily perhaps such a thing in a criminal trial. But if there were such a thing, that, what would you look at? That's the law. The only question you're going to ask did she cry? Did she cry? In Old Testament Israel, when it was understood that a rape took place, they examined the damsel. Amen. Who did it? That's him. All right. He's going to get stoned to death. The only other question. They didn't ask her, why didn't you use jiu-jitsu? Or why didn't you wrestle Why didn't you taekwondo? Did you have any pepper spray? They didn't ask any of that. All they asked was this. Did you Cry out. Did you cry out? And as she got raped, she knew she didn't cry. Perhaps they even asked witnesses. Did you hear this woman who was raped? Did you hear her crying out in desperation? See, I got news for you, friend. This is Bible preaching right here. You see, they want to they pet this. You, you want to know why the Holy Ghost is talking to us this way? Because He don't like it. And because you're culpable. You're, you're not a victim. You don't pray. You're prayerless. You're in sin. You're not a victim. God commands you to crowd. He expects you to crowd. Oh, I know the devil. I know the devil's fighting you. I know God knows the devil's trying to defile you, trying to pull you in the world, trying to get you to fall. Of course he is. And he wants to have sympathy on you. If you cry out, if you cry out to him, that's resistance. If you reject the Bible, say, I'm not going to resist. Let me tell you something. You're not only going to get raped, you can get stoned to death too. You understand? You don't cry out to God. That'll be nobody's fault, but your own. I've been around people all my Christian life. The majority, the majority that I've met over the years have backslid. Every one of them backslid because they wouldn't pray. And you talk to me years later, the church did this to me. God forsook me. I couldn't overcome the lies. Every single one of them. You can overcome. You can live free. You can practice preventatives. You you can go by your experience of the past. Oh, I better not do that. I better not work here. I did that one time. It got me in trouble. That's good. But if you don't cry out, sooner or later, the enemy is going to rape you. And when he does, you just remember, if you don't cry out, you are complicit with him. And that's exactly How God thinks about it. No mercy for the, is that what the Bible says? No mercy. And really just see, we, we, the victim mentality has to go. The Bible tells you in the New Testament, resist. So if someone doesn't submit themselves to God, they refuse to resist by drawing not a God. Can they expect for the enemy to flee from? Huh? No. Crying out, the holy damsels cry represents prayer. And you and I are obligated to pray. Won't you stand? Hallelujah. Brother Bob quoted the scripture the other day. Never wasn't something I was of course I've read it, but wasn't something familiar. But I thought, wow, what a verse of scripture this is out of Daniel. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand truth. I watch people, even in this church, struggle for me, going around the same mountain, fighting the same character issues, just basically dug in. You know why? They don't pray that's right Are not consistently they're not really crying out to the lord jesus christ see all the trouble that you face all the tests the temptation listen to me god wants to humble you and i so that we would see we need to pray and seek his face you know and it's a very personal i got born again in 1987 in a little apartment on Nicholson, down in Baton Rouge, my wife wasn't there. I didn't even know her then. None of these children were alive. It was a covenant that I made with God. Brother Doug got born again, Amen, on an Arlington back alley somewhere, Amen. Nobody was it just him and G. And you've got your story. We've all got our story. we can think back when we got born again, and we, Amen, made covenant with God for the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, that covenant is expressed in the New Testament. But one of the promises is, I'm not a man that I should lie to you. And he has never lied to you. And he's never lied to me. Not one single time. There's no reason for us not to believe. Why don't you find an altar to pray? See this right, and if you see it right, then you understand what the Holy Ghost is saying. that it's a very, very serious matter. It is a matter of life and death. But many times people don't see it right. They almost categorize they almost they read like, you know, James 4 70. And I think the tendency for anyone who's dull spiritually is to do this submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you drawn out of god and he will draw out of you well i know i should do that and i know that really to 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 fight a an overcoming spiritual battle of course i should do this but if i don't or i'm weak or the devils really fighting me and i don't god's going to have mercy upon me this is God's mercy. God's word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. Anywhere you read in the Bible, if it tells you to do something, these are the this is the promise, this is the implication. And you don't do it, there's no other mercy. There's no category of mercy outside of the Bible. You don't draw out of God. God ain't drawn you you understand if you don't resist the devil he's not going to flee from you and if you think he is and I understand I think people unconsciously they just oh, made it this far you see really when they think that if they really had the light come on they would see they're not making it. Those of you who do know, who have prayed through, who recognize, you stray, you grow cold, you, you refuse to resist and to fight, it won't be overnight. What happens is things begin in the spirit to unravel. And your Christianity becomes an experience of unraveling. And maybe it isn't evident to everybody immediately. But inwardly, you begin to realize things are coming apart. They're not working. Attitudes of heart that are rising up in me. I would have never thought that 10 years ago. I would have never reacted that way five years ago. You're being defiled. The enemy is raping you. It's not going to go away unless you follow the Bible. Understand? Young people, you've been here all your life. You, you, you've, you know, uh, been conformed to the certain standards you're paying, and that's all good. You've been reared up in this atmosphere. You, you've dressed modestly. You've been separated from the world and, and kept. And, but sooner or later, you, you, you know just show with the prayer, Do Mommy and Daddy, you're going to have to cry out to Him yourself. Are you're not going to be able to live this life. You're not going to be able to overcome unless you walk in close proximity with the deliverer. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Right, God, would you dismiss us with prayer? See, so someone as you go, amen. Meditate on the word of the Lord. We'll see you tonight, six o'clock.